20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day Podcast. Happy Saturday, a little bit later on Saturday, but with the Different schedule in the Packers playing the Atlanta Falcons on Monday Night Football. We wanted to get as much information as we possibly could. I am Jason Perrone of the Packaday Podcast and Game on Wisconsin, along with Mark Eckel this week. No Paul Brettle. Paul is out. Mark, how are we looking out east? Good. Very good. Nice day on the east coast here today. Um, can't complain. Nothing to complain about. Yeah, Except pretty the Packer injuries, which we will complain about in a couple minutes. Which we will complain about in a couple minutes. Yeah, the uh, weather situation is good on both sides, so no hurricanes, no storms, no rain at the moment. So we are looking good, but yeah, we've got a lot to get to because there's quite a few names on both sides of the coin here. So let's jump right in on the Packers side. We learned this week. This was kind of a surprise to me. I don't know about you, Mark, but we learned earlier this week that Alan Lazard had suffered a core injury. And he has had surgery on said injury, and he is going to be out indefinitely. So Alan Lazard will absolutely not be playing this week. Mark, I didn't see this one coming. No, nobody. I don't think anybody did. And we still don't know how it happened, do we? No, I have no idea. Because no I thought he written, finished the game. He did finish the game. No, I mean, I watched the game. He was. He didn't come out. Of, I mean, if he did for the last series when they were taking a knee. But, I mean, you know, that, I don't. that's no big deal. Um, yeah, I don't know if it happened... In the game, I don't remember any key play in the game where he even limped off or anything. So it could have happened in practice. I mean, a core, one of those core things, I mean, that could happen just any, I've seen those. They they could just happen to a guy. And let's just hope, uh, and it's really a shame. I mean, you know, I mean, look at the, the Packer guys who have gotten hurt this year badly. You know, you start off with um, Lane Taylor, right, who was um, – what a great story, right? He makes the, you know, no one thought he was going to be on the team. And then he not only makes the team, and but he's, he's starting and, and, and looking good. And then he gets a terrible injury that puts him out for the year, right? Terrible. Yep. Um, now Lazard, another guy that, you know, people had hope for him in the offseason. But, I mean, you know, the vast majority of of Packer fans wanted a wide receiver. They, they wanted whoever. You know Jefferson, Rieger, who you know whoever they wanted, whoever your guy that you thought might fall to the Packers in in the draft. That's who you, that's who everybody wanted. And what did they want him to do? They wanted him to replace Al Lazard, right? They wanted Adams and the and the rookie to be the one too. Well, they didn't. They gave they the Packers trusted Lazard. And listen, he had a great three weeks, a great a, a, a good first two weeks. Then a super great game against the Saints. I mean, he was the star of the game. Um, and now he gets hurt. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, listen, football's a dangerous game. I've said that for all the years that I've covered it, you know, guys that play the game know every week they could get hurt. It's just that kind of, it's that kind of sport. I mean, uh, more, more so than baseball or basketball. Um, but it's just a shame that the, the guys that have worked so hard and have, um, you know, really earned their, their keep, so to say, are now hurt. Now let's just, again, my hope is, and the Packers have had – there's a history of core injuries with the Packers. Um, going back to Greg Jennings, um, Demarius Randall, and um, I'm forgetting one now. Yeah, I mean, think about the game of football. It's, it's, a, it's not surprising that guys have that that injury no. with all of the twisting, bending, contorting. I mean, you could 
If you're already somewhat compromised in your core and you just sneeze funny, sometimes you can <laughs> you can get hurt. I mean, I, I don't think that's what happened with Lazard, but it's it's. I'm a, just hoping it's it's a because there there have been instances where you could miss up to like 10, 11 weeks or as little as four. Um, I'm hoping and rooting for him to only miss, you know, four or five weeks, which with the bye week in there as well, you know, that's one week that he missed that, that whole miss that he, there's not even a game to worry about. So, you know, hopefully he'll, he'll be back sooner than, than later and, and, and can pick up where, where he left off having that, having that great game against New Orleans. I don't remember if Randall had surgery, but he did return about early December in 2016 and finished the season after having a core injury that year. Right. There was three, yeah, there was Randall. Jed, I'm, I, I wrote it down and down. I can't. I don't know. I forgot where I wrote it. Uh, but there were there were a few. Um, yeah, Jennings. That have, Jennings. That have, that have come back. Jennings injury. I recall. I, I remember that. Jennings one. missed like seven weeks. Yep. I think Randall only missed like four or five. Yeah. Um, now Tanyan had it last year and didn't and played through it, and then had the surgery after the season. Right. Um, but there's a there's a third guy and for the life of me now I can't think of it. Right. Think of him. Well, when came back like in five or six weeks. In five or six weeks. Well, I mean, in a game where not that Alan Zard is going to be able to help the Packers this week, but in a game where the Packers needed someone to step up in the absence of Devontae Adams because you're not replacing him, Lazard answered the bell, and we're talking about an undrafted free agent, so. That was a great, great get for the Packers, and he's he's been good over these past two seasons for them. So as much as you may or may not be as big on Lazard and what he brings, and if you're still in the camp of the Packers should have drafted a, a receiver, well, they didn't. It's get over it. But then you 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 know he he is what he is, but he has really played well. Like you said, he's played really really well. And if you look at the roster right now. Alan Lazard is still on it, but you assume that with this type of injury and with someone being out indefinitely, that the Packers will probably take advantage of the injured reserve this year because it could be as as few as three weeks, although for an injury like this, that's a way too short time period. But you've got Devontae Adams, Lazard, Darius Shepard, Malik Taylor, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling that are on the active roster. And then on the practice squad, you've got, you've got some options too. You've got Reggie Begleton, who was in camp with the Packers, Robert Foster, who the Packers brought in, had spent some time with the Buffalo Bills, and they just picked up, uh, trying to look, Juwan Winfrey. And Juwan Winfrey uh, is another wide receiver, too, who's played sparingly in NFL experience. So that's depth, bottom of the roster, bottom of the depth chart, special teams, like probably not going to play in the game unless something else happens. But that might be how the Packers decide to address some of those shortcomings yeah. when they when they dress the roster for this or the well my guess is this week um you know how they've been bringing guys up from the practice they don't actually active they don't put them on the 53 but they bring them up um for the game and they've been allowed to do that this this year they did it with love it twice before they actually did put them on the roster um they did it with the big defensive lineman from uh ruckers um wellington um Prevalen. Yeah, they did it with him and put him back. I expect, especially now, Devontae Adams. He's on. He's quite. He's 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 practiced two days. He's limited. He he's probably going to be a game night de, de decision. And, mm-hmm. and thankfully, the Packers play Monday, so that gives him a whole other day to get a little better. And actually, almost two days if if you think about playing noon on Sunday, as opposed to playing Monday night. It's almost two full days to get healthier. Yep. 
So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that Devontae Adams can play Monday. But if he can't, your 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 wide receivers are MVS, Shepard, and Taylor. Taylor and Shepard have have never done anything in the NFL. Right. M- MVS is a nice three, you know, a borderline two. Uh, maybe I'm being nice there saying borderline two. He's really a, a good three because because of, of his speed. So they they're going to need to do something, and I think you'll see more. Ty Irvin at, at wide receiver. No matter what happens, I think Ty Irvin will be a wide receiver this week. I don't think I think you'll see him line up more out wider in the slot than you will in the backfield. Um, I think Aaron Jones is going to get would, would get some a lot of snaps out either in the slot or out wide as well. So they have to do something. They're not going to just. I mean, you really can't play play Taylor a whole lot. I mean, he's basically on a team for special teams. He's kind of a a poor man's Jeff Janis right now. Yeah, Devontae listed his full practice on Friday. We'll have to see how Saturday goes. That doesn't necessarily right. mean as much. You have to be careful there. And it's so speaking... better than than they not than, than did not practice. So that's a good. It's a sign. Right. Well, that's um, speaking of another way that they might be able to mitigate in the passing game. One of the other guys that's been on the injury list and has not played the last two games is Josiah Deguara. And Deguara finally got on the practice field limited on Friday. We don't have Saturday status yet. Uh I would imagine you don't want to take any any game too lightly, but this is also one where the where Lafleur and the rest of the staff is going to have to be careful because you've got a prime opportunity here after this week to also use the off week. And if you've got guys that are like one or two weeks away, you got to be careful here. I mean, remember against the Lions, Billy Turner dressed, but he didn't get in the game. Now you right. don't want to you don't want a bunch of guys on the sideline that you don't plan on playing. I mean, you need to have guys ready to go in if somebody gets hurt or to execute your game plan. But for those special situations, like Clark, Adams, DeGuara, maybe you might see some guys dressed this week, but be be played really, really sparingly because you've got that bye week next week. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, there's only 16 NFL games. So you, I hate to give one away. And they're playing a team that's desperate. I mean, the Falcons, 0-3 is a terrible start to any season. And I think I, I read last week, I think only like 8% of teams in the history of football that have started 0-3 make the playoffs, maybe even less than 8%. Um, 0-4, the season's over. If, if, the Fal- if the Packers beat the Falcons this week, I expect the Falcons to kind of roll over. Dan Quinn probably gets fired. Um, yeah, the, the, the Falcons will be they'll be an afterthought if, if they fall to 0-4. And it's a shame because they're, they're so close to being – at least two and one, if not three and all, right? I mean, they they had two games in hand against the Cowboys and Bears and just basically gave them away. So I mean, the Falcons are I hate to use the old cliche, but they're probably the best zero three team you're, you're ever going to see. Yeah, well, when you've got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley playing as well as they have, I mean, the Falcons' offense has scored points, so that's yeah. what that's their game plan. Because the, on the Falcons' side of things, they've got a you got a bunch of guys that are yeah go over their injuries that are hurt. So the 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 Falcons will be without three guys have already been ruled out. Safety two safeties. Ricardo Allen and Keanu Neal are not going to play, and then their kicker Young Ho Koo is not going to play. And they're going to put a uh, in fact they're going to get a, a rookie out there who is Elliot Fry is going to be making his, his NFL debut as a kicker on Monday night. So congratulations, you're starting on prime time on Monday night at historic Lambeau field for your first NFL game. So those guys are not going to play 
for the Falcons, but they've also got uh, Marlon Davidson, who didn't practice on Friday, but he did practice on uh, on Thursday. We know Julio Jones has been limited with the hamstring. Uh, Calvin Ridley's listed with an ankle. He was limited on, on Friday. Dante Fowler didn't go on Thursday, did, did a little bit on Friday. Neil, we know, is out. Grady Jarrett, limited on uh, Friday, didn't practice Thursday. And Takaris McKinley hasn't practiced yet. He'll be a game-time decision for the Falcons. So on defense, Atlanta's got a lot of guys out. So, I mean, the game plan coming in here for Atlanta, like you said, they're desperate. That's the, They're dangerous teams. You don't want to have to face a team like that because they're not scared. They're just <laughs> they're just trying to do it. It's going to be Matt Ryan to Julio and whoever's open, and it's going to fall on Green Bay's secondary and their defense to make life difficult for those guys because – if you if you can avoid the shootout, I think the Packers can win this game very comfortably. But if it's a shootout, anybody's got a chance, right? And I and, and like I said, the, the Falcons are are a desperate team. Their their guys are going to try to play. Now, you know, I and I'm I'm a big I'm a big Julio Jones fan. I think he's a great player. I mean, I mean, you could argue all day who the best receiver in in football is. I. If if someone asked me, if, you know, just who I, I think it's him, um, and I and again, I think if they were two and one at this point, they might sit him, you know, give him another week to get to, to get back right. But they can't, like I said earlier, they can't fall to zero and four. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna, you know, hamstring, foot, ankle, whatever it is. If it ain't broke, they're gonna be out there trying to play, um, because they need it. I mean, they really, really need it. So they're gonna try. They're as opposed to the Packers, when you're three and zero, again you don't want to give a game away. And I'm not saying the Packers are giving it away, but but as as you said, you know, if if you give if Devontae Adams takes this week off, and he, and he and he has next week off, he should be then he should be in pretty good shape when the Packers come back off the bye to play Tampa Bay. I mean, all those guys that we listed, other than than Lazard, who like I said is going to need at least a month, if not more. Um, but yeah, Clark, Deguara, um, Adams. Even Kirksky for some for you know he's he's got an outside chance to be back by the Tampa Bay game. Yeah, he'll miss a couple weeks. So a couple guys that are limited. I was going to ask you which one of these you're most concerned about. So technically speaking, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Zadarius Smith, all have been limited all week. So if if one, two, or all, God forbid, all three of them can't go. Which one concerns you the most? And I'm assuming you're going to probably make your decision between Clark and Zadarius at this point, even though Rashawn Gary's had a good season too. Yeah, I mean, all three are great or, or have been very good. And, and they're, they're, but I'm a Clark guy. I, I've said all along, this it's a different defense when Kenny Clark isn't out there. And we've seen it this year. I mean, the Packers have been fortunate that the offense has has carried the team, you know, for the, through the first three weeks. And the defense is, I don't want to come totally down on the defense, but because they've made some big plays, it's been a, it's been a it's been a crazy defense. It's been a they don't stop anybody. They let, they let them go right down the field, but then when they need a big stop, they get it or they get a big turnover. It's kind of a um, Andy and I were, t- were, were were talking about that um, during the week that it's because he he does his grades. He's like this defense has been so hard to grade because you know you you want to give them a bad grade for giving up a ton of yards and letting, but then, but then they make a big play or they, or they get a big stop. They did it last week against the saints. I mean, the saints were moving up and down the field. Then they get the turnover, which leads to the go ahead field goal. Then they get another stop, which leads to the touchdown that seals the game. So 
it's been, but, but Kenny Clark to me is, uh, and I've said it, you know, before he's, he makes everybody around him better. And to me, that's the biggest compliment you can give any, any athlete. And he does. Dean Lowry is much better when Kenny Clark is in the lineup. I think the linebackers are much Preston Smith. Um, and people keep saying Preston Smith's not, not having, hasn't played well. Well, part of that is because Kenny Clark isn't there. I really believe Kenny Clark just makes picks. He's he's not just his play, just his his attitude, his everything about him. He's one to me. He he got that contract and it, and it couldn't have gone. It was more and no. It, it was so well deserved and um, I don't want to say o- overdue because they they did get it done. But you know, I was I was and I never care about those you know top hundred list or top this list or that top. But for, when, when, when they did that top 100 list and he wasn't on it, that was a disgrace. That was just a total disgrace. Because mm-hmm. he's a, to me, I'll still say he's the second best player on the Packers. But he might, he's pushing number 12 for the best player on the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. He really is. I mean, I, I just, I can't, I just think Kenny Clark's an underrated unbelievable player i really do i i just can't the go. pressures I mean, I and and the extra and things that he did last year when he was healthy most of the season yep you know and he's got he's got a lot of a lot of years to go now i mean aaron Rodgers is great he's a great he's, quarterback yeah, exactly. you know he's a great quarterback but the packers are never going to the recipe for success with their with this team is never going to be for Rodgers to have to do what he did in 2016 again or in any of those well, great 2014 or any it, of those other seasons, he's kind of doing it this not, year. So not far. the not the freelance running around creating a no. lot of a lot of you know free plays. He's he's playing more within the offense, and, and I, I I I guess my point is is I give just as much. I don't know what your take is. I give just as much credit to Lafleur in the offense as I do to Rodgers. Whereas under McCarthy, I always felt like it was eighty percent Rodgers, twenty percent though the offense. Hmm. That's an interesting take. Um, I again, I'm. Yeah, Matt Lafleur deserves a lot of credit. I mean, there's no doubt he's become. A, he's in a short amount of time. He's really shown me that he's a very good NFL head, head coach, and, and it was a great hire by the by the Packers because a lot of those other guys that were on their list or they interviewed, they're not showing me much at all. So, um, yeah, that's a great. Yeah, Matt Lafleur deserves a lot of credit. But listen, I don't care who's coaching. The players still have to do it. I mean, he could draw up the greatest game plan in the world, but if it's not executed, you're not going to win. And Aaron Rodgers has been a master of execution through this first month of the season. He's been, he looks, I'm impressed. I don't know if it's, I don't know what, what got back into him, but he's been very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, he has. Playing within the, playing within the system, happy, having fun out there, smiling, doing, doing all of the things that, all the optics police love to see. So at least it makes them happy. But it's just, I'll yeah, say it's... this about Matt LaFleur, too. The one to me, and like I, I've said it uh, 10 times right now, that the, the Falcons bought worry me because of them being 0-3 and in that desperate situation. Thank God the game's in Lambeau. If this game was in the in where were they playing, what they call it, the Mercedes-Benz Mercedes Dome, I'd be real, real scared if this game was on the road. Um Thankfully, it's in Lambeau, um, so I think the Packers have an edge there. Even though there's no fans, it's still dome team going outside playing on grass. It's that's usually an edge. But the biggest edge in this game to me for the Packers, Matt Lafleur versus Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I unless the Packers just come know, out flat. Yeah, there's a coaching edge there. Yeah, I think it's a big. I'm, I'm not a big Dan Quinn fan. 
Quint, some some coaches, again, same thing. We've seen it for many years in the NFL. Some assistant coaches are great in their disciplines yep. and what they do, but when you put them in the, in the head seat and you're managing all aspects of the team, doesn't always it doesn't always work out. You got to have the right staff around you. That's that's, that's also I think Lafleur right. I think Lafleur did a good job putting a staff together. The players always speak highly of their coaches, and you can just tell when there's a genuine culture of good things going on. Jerry Gray. Coming over, Jair Alexander, who was listed on the injury report as uh, with a hand injury, but he's been full but practice full. the last two days. Yeah. You know, Jair has come on. He's had a good start to his season. He almost had a pick to seal the game on oh, Sunday. Should have had. Should have been a pick six. That would have. Well, he was kind of. He left his feet to get after the ball. I mean, he might have been able to take it to the house, but he would. It would have at least ended the game. I mean, yeah. would have, the Packers could have kneeled it out at that point, and then they ended up fine as it was. But Jair's obviously benefiting from that. You hope Darnell Savage continues to take steps forward in his progression because he's going to become really important. I think that I think the secondary is is really is a huge key here because we're many years removed from another Monday night game against the Falcons that could have ended in disaster in 2014. The Packers got a huge lead early in that game. And then Julio Jones went off for about 85 catches and 7,000 yards. (laughs) And it wasn't until they put put Devon House on him that they finally kind of slowed down what he was doing against the Packers defense in that game. Sam Shields was still playing at a high level at that point. I think Shields had either just gotten paid or was about to get paid again. And he... He had trouble. He had trouble with Julio for some reason. And um, well, he's not the only one. Like I yeah. said, I think he's the best receiver in football. So, yeah. I mean, one guy is not going to. I mean, again, he's hampered now. And a hamstring. You know, Devontae Adams will tell you he's not. He might not play with the hamstring. So, I don't think we're going to see. Um, the best of of Julio Jones this week. I really. I mean, maybe I'm hoping we don't, but. Um, He's going to play. He's definitely going to play. I'll be shocked if he doesn't, but I don't think he'll be the ham. I mean, he's not going to have that explosiveness that he usually has because mm-hmm. if, with a bad hamstring, it's hard to to get off like that. But, I mean, but he's still going to be out there, and you have to re- respect that. And I think the Falcons might even use him almost as a decoy because if he's out there, you got to be aware. Um, that's yeah, that's what I would do with. If, I, I would play Adams this week. I mean, I know I heard, I heard him say he doesn't want to play if, unless he's feels hundred percent. I'd I'd put him out if again. I, I don't want to risk, you know, one game for for the for the season. But even if he's a, I mean, if Adams is on the field, same thing. The Falcons defense has to be aware of him, and that could open things up for MVS or 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 Shepard or Irvin or whoever else is is out there. Yeah, Adams full practice on Friday, so you'd assume if he's willing to practice in full, he's he's at least giving himself a chance to play. So sure. there's there's a there's a decent chance that he goes. I think the Packers they want to you got to avoid a letdown here. You can't have it. It just can't happen. It's not, well it, Monday night. You you should never have. I, I know there's no fans, and that kind of changes the you know everything. Um, it's actually helped the Packers twice this year already, even being in Minnesota and and New Orleans, but. Um, it's still Monday night football. And, and I know from talking to players through the years, players love Monday night football because listen, players have friends all around the league and 
you know, guys they went to college with, guys they played with in the past, maybe they got traded or the other guy got traded, whatever. Players have players have friends on all 32, 30, 31 other teams. And and they know their friends are the only chance everybody gets to watch is when they play on Monday night or th- now Thursday night. But um, so they, they Monday night means something to players. They like to put on a nice show for their their colleagues. And uh, so there, there, there's no reason to have a letdown on, on, on Monday night at home on Monday night football. There, there, there just is. I don't I'll be very disappointed if the Packers have a letdown now. Again, I'm not saying that I'm not guaranteeing a win because, like I said, they're playing a a good team that's off to a terrible start. Well, you've got other games that I think the Packers are going to be challenged by a lot more than they should be against Atlanta. So in my mind, that's just not a game that you can afford, even though would things have been different these first three games if there's fans in the stands? Maybe. But they're 3-0. and They won the games that were put in front of them. Now, oh, yeah. the last thing you want to do is diminish some of that great start by dropping one that you shouldn't. And the Packers have had some head scratchers in the past. I know you – we've actually, I think, talked about that that game against the Colts in 97. Just certain games <laughs> like – Just, just certain, well, ga- certain games like that, you just you – can't, you can't have it. In a season where it looks like you've got some really good things going on and you could be a special team – that's not the way. Not the way to go about it. Well, this game, bringing it back, man, you're you're getting like me going back, going to the way back into the there, '97. But this game kind of, and I don't want to scare people, but reminds me a little bit of the Eagles game last year. That Eagle Thursday night game, a night game at home against a team that you're better than, a team that was banged up, but a team that was desperate. I, don't, I forget what the situation was last year. Were the Eagles one and three at the time? I think that was week four, but they were oh, one, they were they one, were and, one two. and two. Okay, um, but I mean, it was a game that everybody thought the, the Packers would win, and they should have won. They, I mean, they they got to the one yard line twice and didn't score. I mean, that was just and and again, I, you know, you could use the excuse that if Devontae Adams didn't get hurt in that game, I think they would have won. Um, I, I like to say if Jamal Williams didn't get hurt in the second play of the game, they would have won. But those guys got because the Eagle, and the Eagles had a rash of injuries as well going into that game. Um, but you know, like I said, desperate teams sometimes good desperate teams. I mean, you're playing a a team that's zero four and they deserve to be on in a, a terrible, just a bad team. Yeah, you just steamroll them. But uh, and maybe the Falcons. I don't know. I mean. They had no right losing that game to the Bears list, and they certainly had no right losing to the Cowboys two weeks ago. I mean, that onside kick was worse than the than the Brandon Bostic onside kick. Yeah, Atlanta has tripped over themselves and just Who not they lose t- to the opener. They the the meltdown against the Bears. The Cowboys and Bears were the last two weeks. I I, I forget who who they lost to. I think they just lost to, to a good team in the opener, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't recall. On the oh, open, man. if it was one of the divisional games, was it? Did they? Did they play the? No, because it was Tampa against New Orleans in the first week. So right. maybe did they play Carolina? I can't remember. No, no, because Carolina else. didn't win until last week. Yeah. So again, can't have a letdown. There's there's a lot of lot of names on the injury report. So there's going to be more to come. There's going to be more news that's going to come out later today on the Saturday status, and we might even get some clarity on who's going to play, who's not going to play. We know that Christian Kirksey will not play. We know that Alan Lazard will not play. Jordan Love dealing with an illness. He is not going to play anyway. 
outside of that, we 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 aren't sure. And there'll but... be a ro- and, and there and there will be some type of roster move made, whether it's elevating someone two to fifty three and putting Lazard down, or just bringing a guy up from the practice squad for for a week. Well, here's another, a guy that we didn't mention who's currently injured, but will be eligible to come off IR after the bye is St. Brown. That's what do you mean, St. Brown? And I, you know, I think I would hope he's healthy um, by the Bucks game, and then that would be the logical. He would be the logical re- replacement for Al Lazard if he's once he's healthy. I mean, he's he was in the mix before. No, he he just has to stay healthy. Yeah, hopefully he's shorter term than not because that would give the the position group a huge boost if Lazard's injury is more of the four to five week variety. That bodes. Yeah, you that, hope it's four to five. It that bodes really well for their for their mid to late season push. But we're we're looking ahead several weeks here. And but the bye week, as you wanted a little bit later than it came this year for the Packers, but it's coming at a good time based on their yes. current situation. It really? Yeah. You're right. Yeah. When the schedule comes out and you see that you, you have the first round of buys, you're like, oh man, who, I don't. You don't want to buy that early. But as it turned out, it might have been a perfect time for the bye week. And it gives you two weeks to get ready for Tom Brady too. Yeah, yeah, he's still Tom Brady. But I, I yeah. would I, that that's another road game too. That man, if the Packers get that one, because that's one I had circled as a as a tough one. I think that I had it circled as a loss in my preseason kind of prediction. But that's one where if you go out and you can you can steal that one, there isn't really, you know, the the sky's the limit because the Bucks are at home with Brady and and all those guys there capable of putting together a great a great game. Now, I still think the Packers are a better team, but they're playing on the road. So there's going to be that factor. It's going to be tough. Like you said, whether there's fans in the stands or not, you still have to deal with the rigors of travel. And right. we're seeing we're seeing some cases of COVID popping up around the NFL. So there's now there's always going to be that worry of when is it going to affect your team and is it, is it going to affect your team? Now, fortunately, the Vikings are able to play their game this weekend. They were one of the other right. teams out, out across from the Tennessee Titans. And so the concern was, well, is Minnesota going to be compromised and not be able to play their game? They are a go for their right. game. They are, nobody tested positive, thank God. For, and then Tennessee and Steelers. Is Tennessee, moved you know, to, they moved that to week seven, I believe. Yep. And then they flip-flopped the Steelers by week. Um, the Steelers were supposed to be off then. Their bye week's going to come the following week, and then they're playing the Ravens. So the Steelers got it's kind of a shame. The Steelers got affected by this more than any team, and they they didn't have anybody not, not they didn't do anything wrong. Right. <laughs> not right. that the Tennessee did anything wrong, but they you know they're the team that tested positive, and the Steelers are paying for it more than anyone. Yeah, which is kind of weird. And then my old my old team I covered my I'm hearing about it. The Eagles got affected because they play the Steelers next week, and now the Steelers are coming off a bye. Right. So you got that going too. But anyway, um, we hope the Packers can get somewhat healthier this, you know, the next the next couple of days, and then stay. Don't get anybody. Don't lose anybody in the in the Atlanta game. Right. Well, and uh, I should mention too, right before we came on, Schefter reported Patriots Chiefs is postponed. It's it's going to play played either Monday or Tuesday now. This because week. of Cam. Cam Newton. Yep. Cam Newton has tested positive for COVID nineteen. So well. there you go. A lot of lot of lot of moving parts. So if this game is played, and I expect it to be played, oh, yeah. then it's it's just a matter of what the injury report's gonna show. But it would be nice to just 
get a win, take the week off. You know, if anything else happens around the league, the Packers aren't playing next week anyway. And then we'll pick it up again in week six. And we won't be here next week. And we will not be here. That's right. Next week, we will not be here. We'll be a substitute crew. You may end up getting Andrew and Kyle for a second day in a row. We'll see how that whole... Hey, listen, everybody does a great job, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. We, and we've got a great team and a, growing, and a growing team. So we've got, you know, we've got plenty of, of... Yeah, I'll be kind of busy next week. Yeah. You've got uh, you've got kind of a life event happening, I think. A little bit. A little yeah, bit. A little, slightly, slightly. I'll yeah. be getting married. There you go. I think that's big, right? Yeah. Kind of well, I, I congratulated you for that or back in May when it was supposed to happen. <laughs> and now here we are yeah, right? five, yeah. five months well, later. We're, and... we're, we're doing it now next Friday, no matter what. So then... <laughs> COVID be damned. We're getting, I'm getting married next Friday. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, congratulations, my friend. Thank you. And uh, as far as Packer Report this week, what do we got going going on? What can we look forward to? Well, again, we'll just see. I'll write my, um, you know, instant analysis right after the game, which will be late uh, Monday night. And then we'll see what happens um, during the week for what I do Thursday. This past Thursday, I did a little story on three guys that I think that are on the team that could help the defense by getting some more snaps. And that was uh, Raven Green, uh, Chris Barnes, and Billy Wynn. One at each, each spot of the defense. I think Green I think Green needs to play a little bit more than Redmond. Um, Barnes, I mean, he's only played a, he's played a handful of snaps. It's gone up a little bit each week. But, man, every, every time the guy's out there, he does something good. I mean, he's I, I, I don't know where this kid came. I mean, I know where he came from, UCLA, but he kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I don't want to overuse him. Man, he just impresses me more and more each each week. Yeah. And then Billy Wynn, I just think you know he hasn't played in a while. He played six snaps last week, knocked down a pass. They need some. They need a little bit of help up front, and I think he could be a guy that could you know stop the run a little bit. And you know, again, I don't want to play him forty plays a game, but give him a you know give him fifteen or so snaps. I think he can help a little bit. Yep. Yeah, well, it's, it's hard not to trust Matt Lafleur and what he's done at the start of his. I mean, he's only lost three games in his first two season and a half so far. Amazing, isn't it? So Amazing. I, I'm starting to assume that whatever he puts out there is probably going to do better than not because his record's showing that uh, his combinations are working. So that is going to wrap it up for another edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. Thanks everybody for your patience. Sorry for a little bit of a later show today, but I think we got a little bit of extra news in on it, so it was all well worthwhile. Definitely follow our show, follow our great team. Like we said, we've got a great team of, of shows and casters that go every single week. So everybody be safe, enjoy Monday Night Football, and go Pack Go. 